my real life experience made me aware of being an African-American male in this world that we live in and what those things are. And then bringing some of the aspects, I had to bring the yoga piece to the real life of what I'm living every day. How I do that, I, I take it day by day. I'm grateful for waking up every morning. I'm mm -hmm. grateful for having the opportunity to be with my family. And when those experiences arise, if they ever do arise, I always have to remember that people are dealing with all different types of crap. Who knows what mm -hmm. they're going through? I have to keep in right. mind that there's a lot more than just me here. And I have to I have to kind of take that into consideration. And it's a very difficult thing to do because, you know, most of us just want to be selfish and be like, it's, you know, it's all about me. But I have to remember that, you know, if we are all connected, we've all gone through something in a similar fashion, just in a different light. And I have to I have to keep that in mind because that's the only way that it kind of keeps me grounded. Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Hey, loves. Before we dive into today's episode... I want to tell you that my program, Heal to Power, is now officially open for registration. This eight-week transformational experience will help you create a blueprint for healing your traumas once and for all. Childhood trauma, trauma from sexual violence, from racism and sexism, intergenerational ancestral trauma, traumas known and unknown. I guide you through some deep dives into examining limiting beliefs, help you release the fear and anxiety that's holding you back so that you can step out into your innate power and thrive in your life. Audre Lorde has famously said, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Imagine how powerful this act of healing your trauma will be and what kind of impact that will make not only on your loved ones, but in your communities and in the world. I'm not kidding. This is powerful stuff. Stop settling. Stop playing small. Claim the life you are meant to live. Enrollment for Heal to Power is now open at suryagyan.com slash heal to power. And now on to our episode. Hello, loves. Welcome to another Hello. episode of Vinyasa in Verse. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you are feeling that there is beauty all around you, even in the smallest moment, even in a simple deep breath. So take one with me right now. Inhale and exhale. So good. So good. All right. Today I have a very special guest and he is somebody who I've heard many things about through mutual friends. Um, and what fascinates me that I'm curious to hear about, which we'll talk about as the um, episode continues, uh, is how he came to be where he is now. I know I sound very vague and I sound very mysterious, but um, I do wanna let you know that what I know about him is that he is amazing. He's very in tuned. He is a school counselor currently. He also is a yoga instructor. Um, and I wanna welcome to the show, Rana Heskin. <laughs> Welcome hello, to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> um, you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you could be here. I can't wait to, to see what our conversation will hold. Same, and me as well. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I'm a big fan of your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to go through our roulette of poems. I'll just put it up to the mic and see what comes forward. Oh, all right. Here we go. <clears throat> Imagination does not exist. You should come close to me tonight, Wayfarer, for I will be celebrating you. Your beauty still causes me madness, keeps the neighbors complaining when I start shouting in the middle of the night because I can't bear all of this joy. I will be giving birth to sons. I will be holding forests upside down, gently shaking soft animals from trees and burrows into my lap. What you conceive as imagination does not exist for me. Whatever you can do in a dream or on your mind canvas, 
My hands can pull alive from my coat pocket. But let's not talk about my divine world. For what I most want to know tonight is all about you. Good one. That's a good one. So what is coming to mind for you? How are you feeling about it? How are you reacting? Very passionate. That's a very passionate poem. Um, mm. It kind of shows me or tells me about, it's like a love. It's, it's like the love that you have for an individual or people. Uh, mm. Very romantic in the sense of, you know, how much somebody can mean to you and the things that you would do for them. Mm. Uh, it's very deep. It was very deep. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. funny because I had a conversation with uh, a friend of mine and they're very, very much in love and they feel blinded by, by their love and they mm. don't see anything that goes on and they, they don't want to, you know, rock the boat, but it's like nobody else exists except for this specific person. And, you know, as a counselor, I kind of told him, I said, hey, you know, just be aware of what's going on. Be around it. Um, be aware of your surroundings. You don't want to get hurt in the end, you know, stuff like that. And then as a friend, I said, hey, run with it. <laughs> run with <laughs> it. You know, you know, you love it. You know, you're you're in love. You know, that's something that, you know, some people rarely find, uh, especially in today's society. It's kind of pinpoint what love is or their definition of what love. Is. So if it's something that you feel that's that's right and it's there and it makes you feel good and happy as an individual by all means go with the flow you know yeah so. yeah I, I love how you have two hats on right it's like yeah, the counselor yeah. in me says this <laughs> but the friend in me is like go for it <laughs> yeah 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 uh, it's 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 a rough kind of situation when I have those moments because I'm like hmm should I Nah. well you know hey let me just give you both aspects and you choose from there or you kind of run with whatever you feel you're, you're no help you're no help like i would not no. want you as my advisor <laughs> on these kinds of matters <laughs> I, unless unless i unless i was i had the option to say all right can i have the friend version and then if i don't like the friend version then i'll say all right i'll i'll take the counselor version <laughs> exactly i've gotten a lot of that too <laughs> oh that's great that's great I love what you said about the poem as far as um, this expression of deep love, because it it feels to me that it's it's like this really intense, deep love, almost like like what your friend is going through, this blinding love where it is so overpowering and that there's nothing else that exists. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what what Hafez is saying, it seems to me, he's channeling this this poem from God, from the universe, from the divine, however you want to name the higher power. Um, in, in channeling this idea of like how much in love the higher power is with us and how that possibility is available to us to reciprocate. I just love that. I love that. Yeah. So, um, so I want to ask you to kind of go back to the two hats, right? <laughs> the okay. counselor and the friend. How do you, how do you decide which one is going to come first, whether it's in a conversation with your friend, for example, or just like, do you also have the hat of dad, right? So then when yeah. you're interacting oh, yeah. with, your, with your kids, so yeah. how do you, how do you decide which version of you will come forward? I think it depends on the situation. Mm. Um, I, I, I've always, well, I made it a rule, especially when I was in grad school, you know, they always kind of embedded, don't counsel your family members, or don't counsel your, your friends, don't counsel your kids, you know, you got to speak to them as they are to you in your, in your life. It's mm -hmm. just sometimes when you think about some of the things that have happened to people, or you've heard of experiences, or even your own experiences, when you become like a counselor, or, you know, a, a teacher, or a mentor, you end up taking those experiences and sometimes those come to your head first. And you kind of push aside the emotion that you have internally for that individual person, whatever that relationship is. And I, I 
it, 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 for me, it always depends on the situation. And then I try to manifest it in a way that I would say, but add that little counseling piece in there just so that they kind of have that like, uh, you know, but it's just, it depends on the situation. When I have conversations with my kids, I try, it's funny because me and my wife are completely different and she doesn't sugarcoat anything. And I live in this bubble where everything is happy and go lucky. But I know internally that, you know, there's things that happen that aren't going to be perfect and bubbly, but I try to meet them halfway Mm. for a way where they can understand it. And I don't want to be too blunt so that they see like too much and they mature more than their age. Mm. Cause that, that, you know, that doesn't give them the opportunity to, to continue being a kid. But after you mention something and they end up doing their own in, in investigative work, it's over because now they've matured in a way where they're not a kid anymore. So I always try to keep that balance where I give them just enough information, but not too much where it's like, ah, you know, uh, now I'm, you know, smarter, uh, more than smart. When they go to school, I know more than my classmates because it takes it to another level. Same with friends. You know, I have these conversations with them and I try to speak as Ronnie first, you know, like, Hey, I'm your friend. I want to talk to you. I'm going to give you my honest opinion and we'll go from there. But there's always that little tweak, like, uh, but I just want to warn you. But also, I also have to remember people have to learn for their, their selves. They have their own experience. They're not going to experience things the way I do. So, And that last part is a really important piece that a lot of us forget. You know, yeah. for those of us who have a little bit more experience, a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more wisdom, we, we tend to want, especially those of us in the, in the, for lack of a better way of saying it, the wellness world, you know, like in the, <laughs> in the, in the, in the personal development world, we want so badly for our people to grow, to evolve. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. there's this temptation to give them the answer before they take the test, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and it's like, but even if we gave them the answer, <laughs> They're not going to hear it. You know, they're going to exactly, be like, exactly. whatever you say, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just going to exactly. do what I'm going to do. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah so, and in, so that, that, in those yeah. moments, I got to wait. <laughs> I didn't want to say I told you so, but you know, it, you know, you got because you got to think about that too. And it's just like, oh, I'm not going to say, man, you got to, you kind of got to go with the flow. I'm going to go with the flow guy. So if they yeah. already said, and I kind of mentioned to them, like, well, this was going to happen. I'm going to say, oh man, that's. I'm sorry that happened to you. All right. You know, let's, let's move forward. Let's, let's try and figure out a way to help you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you hold back? Like, what do you know what I mean? Like, I know you want to like slip in that like secret, like secret (laughs) code, right. That secret teaching. Um, Yeah. But how do you feel in your body and in your awareness? Like, even though you're aware, you're like, oh, I really need to meet people where they are, but, you know, so yeah. what, what goes on in your mind when that's going on? Interestingly enough, it's very stressful because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, your brain is working faster than your mouth sometimes and mm. sometimes it just comes out. But I really try to focus on breathing. I try to relax mm, my, yeah. my mind. I try to relax my body and actually listen to what they're saying versus trying to to come to a conclusion or come to helping them and saying what they should do. And it's, it's a very, it's, it's a difficult task at some time, sometimes because I'm, you know, again, your mind is kind of just going and it's going, you're listening to what they're saying, but you're like, Oh, I know how to resolve this. This is how you do it. And (laughs) I'm just like, okay, well, they're not going to hear, like you said, you said, they're not going to hear it. They're going to hear because they're, they're right in that moment in time, they're in their own emotion. And I have to remember, and this is what, what processes is that they just need somebody to listen to them in that moment. In time. Mm. So I have yeah. to take it. I have to take in my head, shut it down, listen to what they're saying, relax and say, okay, is there anything you need me to do? Is there anything, you know, and if they say, well, I need some advice, you know, I need your, your thoughts, you know, what do you think? And I could tell them how I think, but I have to also reserve that part and say, okay, I have to think of this as Ronnie. I can't think of it as a counselor because they're, coming to me as a friend yeah yeah so, when when they ask for your advice are you all of a sudden like yes and then you're like want to pounce yeah i'm ready <laughs> to go I'm re- <laughs> like 
all right, I can't <laughs> wait. This is the moment I'm waiting for. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been waiting. It's ready to go. Yeah. 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 It's- yeah. I think that's important to make that distinction, though, between like Ronnie, the friend and Ronnie, the counselor and Ronnie, the dad, you know, and, you know, as we're, we're talking about this, what's coming to mind for me is this sense of identity, right? It's, it's, there's a lot of messaging out there that talks about like, be yourself, be your true self. I mean, I even say that, you know, on my social media posts, you know, I'm guilty of that stuff too. And of course my messaging is, is very nuanced, but the main message that people receive and that, that we're seeing a lot of out there is the sense of identity of, of being yourself and, and holy you. So what does that look like when you've got all these, all these hats? Do you know what I mean? Because if it's like, you're Ronnie, the friend, are you really being yourself? If you're Ronnie, the counselor, are you really, so what does that mean to be your whole self for you? Like in terms of identity? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I would say being my whole self is just, I guess, bringing all those hats to the table. It's, it, mm. it's like, I'm, I don't want to, I try to separate it as much as possible, but it's like they, all those hats are a part of who I am. They're all of my experiences. So if I'm going to, you know, half-ass it, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, okay. I, I don't want to, I have to come as a whole me. And all of those pieces are a part of me. So it's, it gets, it it gets rough, but at least I know if I'm coming to a situation, honestly, and I'm coming as myself with all of those pieces, it all, it all kind of interconnects with each other. Weirdly enough, it's like each piece ends up making a whole at the end of whatever conversation I'm having with anybody or whatever dynamic or relationship I have, all of those pieces are coming together as a whole. And it actually helps me communicate better with people when I have all those pieces. Because if I'm only doing it, okay, as a dad, I'm only looking at it from a dad point of view, but I'm talking to a student or I'm talking to, you know, one of my friends and I'm looking at it from their parents' perspective, you know, it's, it's going to be kind of hard for me to say, well, I'm going to give you advice from the way your dad's going to think or the way your mom might think, you know, and it's, it's not me being realistic on some of the expectations they might have of me. So for me to be just full front just be like here i am this is what i'm bringing to the table i'm going to bring my whole self all of my experiences all of how i am everything that i've kind of gone through and so they see me as as hey this is ronnie ronnie's always been real he's always been down to earth he always has some good advice you know i'm coming to him because of all of these different aspects of you know of who he is as an individual so i hope that's what people gain from when you know family, loved ones, friends, you know, my kids, my wife, I hope they all see that. Um, Cause as, as, as I was growing up, when you say identity, I've always had those, I always had that issue when I was at parties. It's like, Oh, I, I only hang out with these people for, you know, this specific thing, or I hang out right. with these people for that specific thing. And it was like, uh-huh. I was dividing myself. So when they all got together, it was like, Oh my God, what do I do? How do I, how do I act <laughs> right now? Like, what am I supposed to say? Right. And at what point in my life, I was like, that's too stressful. I can't do it here. This is what I am. This is who I am. So it's either you're going to accept me or reject me, however you want it, but just know this is who I am from the get go. This is how you're going to see me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And that, that has to take some work to, to, to be comfortable with that because I'm imagining like, you know, in high school, you know, your, your friend group is your identity and that's everything. Right. And yeah, then if yeah. you happen to be friends with another friend group and then those two friend groups like merge, you're like, okay, which version of me do I show, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and I think a lot of us still do that, you know, um, yeah, maybe yeah. it's unconscious, maybe it's just something we we've never outgrown. So can you talk a little bit about how you're able to encompass these versions of yourself in a whole way where you're showing up fully yourself? Like, what yeah, was that so, journey? I, so I learned it as I, I did, I had no this all happened, I want to say, I want to say fairly recently, I want to say within the 10, 10, eight years ish. Okay. Where, yep. you know, I was, I was having trouble like between work, school, um, you know, becoming a father, uh, trying to figure out who I was as an individual, what I liked, what I didn't like. And mind you, I'm, I also share, you know, these experiences with my wife. So that was also another aspect being a husband. It's just like, all right, so how do I 
piece all these things together. And it was funny because I had a conversation with my wife and she, she asked me even because we've known each other forever. And she, she asked me one day, she's like, why do you act differently when this person comes over, but you don't act that way when another person comes over. And I said, in my head, I froze. And I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? Why, why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> like, this is who I am. It's like, oh, she's shoot, like, she found me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was like, but this is how I, this is how I interact with you. And she's like, yeah, but doesn't it get confusing? And ever since that conversation, I, I said, you know, that's, I never thought of it that way. Cause I, I never understood why I got anxious or I had like this anxiety mm-hmm. when I had like barbecues and family, you know, reunions oh, and yeah. different, and I would have people come together and I, and I'd be a mess. And then I found myself <laughs> withdrawn and I'm like mm-hmm. going this play and they're, they're like, Oh, Hey, you want to do this? I had some of my friends call me one name and then they have me, another friends call me another name. And then they're asking me, well, why are they calling you that? And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> run, run, to keep run, track run. of. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to keep track of. So, I, you know, I, I kind of sat down and started thinking like, who am I? Like, what, Mm. what, what do I like to do? What am I, what are my interests? You know, how do I kind of make this connect connection with myself so that I can make other people see it. And I think it took a lot of, I still go through it. There's moments that I just started a new job and I still, I'm like, well, how do I want to be presentable to these to these new people that I'm meeting, mm. you know, mm. and I'm like, well, you just got to be yourself. I express myself. I tell everybody what I like. I'm, I'm an open book. You know, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not like, I try not to be in the shadows, but I'm, I'm one of those, those people that are just like, Hmm, I'm curious about him. He's always smiling. He's always, you know, happy. And, you know, I know there's something going like, he's got to have stuff going on, you know, but I'm just an open book. I try to be as as mindful of this is who I am. These are the things I like. These are the things I don't like. Cause a lot of people just like to show that side, like, Oh, I'm just this happy go lucky person. But I've had to deal with the being comfortable with saying, okay, I don't like this, or uh, I don't feel comfortable with that conversation or, you know, those, those types of those type of because a lot of us don't like having those conversations or thinking about those of ourselves because we want everybody to like us. And I think at one at that point, I just kind of broke. I said, you know what? I need to be just one directional, just show this. This is my this is my face. This is my mask. And this is who mm-hmm. I am. And I needed to become comfortable with it myself before I was mm-hmm. actually able to explore how other people are going to take. Cause that's that was another thing. I always thought about what other people thought about me before I thought about myself. And now I'm at an age where I'm just like, here I am. How you doing? All right. Yeah. You know, I want to talk. Whatever you want to think, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I also, yeah, exactly. And a lot of it had to do like with like, you know, my upbringing, I was the only child. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a lot of things on my own by myself. Um, I rarely asked people for help. You know, there, there was little pieces of that, that kind of go hand in hand, which made me like, separate myself with different people mm. and I'd never been questioned and my wife was the first person to actually question me like <laughs> what are you doing she's like probably one of the most down-to-earth people and just very very straightforward with her questions and I'm like <laughs> like like why are you asking me all these questions and until I actually started thinking about it I was like wow like that's deep I never really thought of it that way and ever since then I've been pushing forward just so that people can see me as this one specific individual that has a multitude of different different levels, like onion. Yeah, I guess. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's so funny. I um, uh, an image in my mind came forward when you said your wife was the only one who actually questioned you, and I, mm-hmm. I just had this scene of like a sitcom. You guys on a sitcom, and she's just like giving this look, like sucking her teeth, and be like, "Who do you think you're being right now?" <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yep, that's pretty much how it went down. Yep. <laughs> oh god, I love it. I love it. So here, I want to complicate the identity question a little bit, um, because you know you're say you said at one point you've got this new job and mm-hmm. you're still trying to figure out like, okay, how am I going to present? We'll just say business, Ronnie. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, workplace. We'll just say workplace running. And I want to, I want to complicate it a little bit more, not so much that specific question, but the identity that you're putting forward 
as a black man, because that, mm. you know, has bearing on how each of us are being, whether we want to admit it or not, because we live in a country that is systemically designed against anyone who has extra melanin. Yeah. So that's a, an important aspect that we can't ignore. So how does how does being a black man figure into you? I mean, it is part of you. So does yeah. that, you know, I mean, am I am I gonna like be like, what's up to like my white friends, you know, or I be like <laughs> all like nerdy with you know, I'm totally yeah. stereotyping and generalizing, but I want to yeah. open up that conversation um and just yeah. and see how you're using that other aspect of your identity. Yeah, well, that's another part that has come I it, it's taken a while to get comfortable with because for a while, mm -hmm. especially in 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 grade school, I, I don't think I really identified with the fact of being black, you know, mm. brown skinned, uh, you know, just I, I, I was, and I think it happens a lot in the um, in African American community, where, where we don't know who to identify with because you know you have, you have like the the blacks that go to school, they do what they need to do, they're at, they're at you know all the, the top black schools, you know they're you know they're making the money, they're doing this, but they have like a specific maybe kind of attitude towards the way life should be versus mm -hmm. you know you got the hood you know you got the, the mm -hmm. ghetto then you got you know the stereotype of oh you know the black people you know uh, you know so I was in the I, I was kind of in the middle you know I grew up in a suburban uh, neighborhood and it was kind of hard because I, I I lived on I was on the south side I had the north side where there was a lot of Jewish descent and you had the South, so you had a little section where there was just Blacks and Latinos. And it was just like, okay, you know, this is cool. I had family from all over, you know, uh, state. It was it, it was kind of hard to identify, especially with me being um, raised in a single um, household and my mom never took me anywhere. So mm. diversity wasn't like a big thing for me. It was just like me, myself and I, and that was it. And then as I got older, and I started going out more, I kind of saw that there was differences and, and there was a lot of stuff. And I was looked at as, oh, yeah, you're a black guy. And I was like, wait, what? What, what does that even mean? Who, who? I, I Who's a black guy? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just this individual guy. I'm, I'm Ronnie and that's it, you know, but yeah, there was that extra piece to it. And as I got older, I started learning more about it. And the more I started getting anxious and nervous about being mm. black, mm. yeah, <laughs> African American, Afro Latino, however you want to put it, it was just the color of my skin. I was like, oh, so this is really a thing, you know. And I said, uh, you know, I it, going back to your question, bringing it into like my workplace. When I was interviewing to become a school counselor, it was very, very difficult for me. And it was because I became aware of the fact that I was African-American and I was trying to get it. There are not many African-American males that are school counselors. So as I was going into these interviews, yeah. I was going into these interviews with panels of only white women and, and teachers. And I said, oh, my God, what, how am I? <laughs> I didn't know how to I wasn't sure how I was supposed to act. And this goes back to like me with the identity because I was comfortable. But then it was like, all right, well, I need the job. How do I separate myself so that, you know, I can get the job but, and right. they can see past the color? You know, that, right. that's what I was right. thinking because I, and all those jobs, I got denied. And it, it, it put so much pressure on me because I'm like, all right, I went to school. I did everything I was supposed to do, but I'm not mm -hmm. getting these jobs because mm -hmm. one, I'm African-American and two, mm -hmm. I'm also male. And this is more of a female dominated, you know, uh, you know, working Industry. field. So right. I'm like, all right, so how am I supposed to, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I did, I gave up for a moment. I needed to take a break from it and try to figure out how I was supposed to kind of get myself together. Cause uh, the only things that I was able to find were places in urban neighborhoods. Hmm. And as much as I would love to, I would have loved to work in an urban neighborhood. It was hard for me to get jobs in there because I wasn't black enough. It, it was a very, right weird like i'm like wait so i don't where i'm in the middle what am i supposed to do and yeah. finally i applied to a, um, a school where i did my internship 
and it's a very diverse community and they're looking for black males to to be supportive of the african and heritage students that are in in the building because there's there's not a lot and right you know i i i'm i'm internally grateful but it the the process of going through that was it's a it was very difficult and yeah i feel like i got a job where i'm able to be myself and not have to worry about oh you know you know i'm black you know i can i got kids that have come to me and says hi mr haskins you're the same color as me and hearing that for like the first couple times like oh my god like they identify with me just based off color, skin color. They don't know my personality. They don't know how yeah. I am. It's just solely off of skin color. And it's, 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 it's scary. And it's enlightening all at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I still try to grasp it. Even, you know, one of my one son, he is, he is pro-black. He talks about, you know, being African-American and being Afro-Latino and just being happy and, you know, talking about, you know, going to church and seeing all of the, you know, people of color and all this. And then you have my other two that identify just they're in the middle. They're like, OK, well, we don't know what we should be identifying. And I have to have these conversations with them because I, I need them to feel comfortable with who they are and that they will be some. They might come uh, um, in a situation where they're going to have to deal with something along them being, you know, a different shade color or right. you know being you know having the ability to understand spanish or you know different things in that manner so i just find it i i, I still try it's wild to wrap my head around it sometimes still so. yeah yeah i mean it's 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 interesting that you are in the middle so to speak right so yeah. Yeah. so what i appreciate hearing is that your students just based on your physical appearance have made a connection with you and they they're yeah. not in that mode of like well you're not black enough mr haskins you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they're just grateful they got someone that they see themselves in you know and then yeah. and that's where yeah. the whole representation matters comes into play right because yeah. you know you're talking about growing up and not really understanding what it meant to be black, to be, have extra melanin, right? So mm. was your growing up primarily around other black and Latino kids? Or I mean, is that what you saw reflected? Or was it mostly like you were in like mostly white schools, you know? So what, what kinds of things were you exposed to growing up? Yeah, growing up, it was, it was funny, because when I go back to my hometown now, it's you you see the separation mm. and I, I growing up I didn't see the separation I I just saw everybody as kids that were the same age and we all were in the school together and we're all learning the same stuff that we're all learning and there was a lot of points that I missed that like I want to say identity milestones like my grandfather was the chief the first African-American chief in the Middlesex County um, in, 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 in Middlesex County. So that was something huge. And because it was huge, my last name represented him. Mm. And I didn't click it until I kind of started, until I got towards graduation, where it was like, oh, you're, you're, you're Haskins, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, so your grandfather, you know, he hit benchmarks from that point. And then at that point, I felt like I I was under pressure because <laughs> like I had to kind of, you know, push more into trying to not be like him, but, you know, keep the name alive, you know, the Haskin yeah. name alive, the Haskin brand. And brand. that's when I realized like, yeah, yeah. That's, what it, that's what it still feels like to this day. They're like, oh, you're Haskin. So your grandma, I'm like, well, boy, here we go again. And it's great. It's an honor. You know, it's an mm. honor, but it's like, it's hard because it's, it wasn't my journey wasn't my path and I sometimes feel like you know I've gotten some some of the some of the things where I guess I wasn't able to see those 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 traits because of my grandfather's history if that makes sense you know my mm -hmm. heritage and I was kind of blinded from it because I, everybody was focused on oh you know your grandfather's this and you know he's done such a great job in the community mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. helping this and helping that that you know all I saw myself was 
here. I'm living in this town and I'm going to school here. And that was it. And it wasn't until as I got older, when I started realizing that there was separation and there was a distinct thing. So when people were saying, oh, your grandfather, your grandfather, there was a lot because the fact that he was the first African-American <clears throat> chief of police, it was, it was like, oh, you know, we're trying to figure out how he did it. And I didn't have the answers. You know, I it was just like, all right, I'm having this conversation but I really don't know what it's around. And it took me some time to mature to actually understand what those conversations that people wanted to have with me were. They were praising and they were excited, but it was based around color. And I just yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it was just yeah. like, oh, it's And that sort of goes back to your job search, you know? Yeah. I mean, as yeah. far as like, you know, you even said it yourself. I went to school, you know, I did all the right things. I jumped through all the hoops. I got my graduate degree. I did the internship and still yeah. I was being turned away. I was, you know, like doors were shutting left and right. And so yeah. you become sort of like your grandfather in that respect where, you yeah. know, if you, if you are familiar with his journey to become the first chief of police, African-American chief of police, you know, he might've had a similar trajectory that you currently have. So in some sense, yeah. you are living the brand. <laughs> I am. I am. Exactly. I am living the brand hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to, um, I want to shift gears a little bit and ask how, you know, understanding that to be a black man in this country provides its own set of challenges and obstacles and, and, and the like, you know, for people of color, but I think particularly for black men, um, how does yoga come into this picture for you? Because I know that the yoga industry, we'll call it an industry because that's what it is, right? Broadcasts white female bodies that are thin and bendy, right? So the idea of a non-white, non-female person in the yoga world feels like a freak of nature. <laughs> like I was gonna say anomaly, <laughs> but freak of nature yeah, sounds yeah. better, right? So how yeah. did you find yourself in the yoga world? Yes, that's a great story. <laughs> so I, all right. So I, I was a track runner um, in high school. And, you know, I was so serious about it that I, um, I was ready to go to the Olympics. I wanted to train. I went to the junior mm. Olympics in Florida and I was just, you know, that was my thing. I just knew that I was going to the Olympics and that was my dream. And, you know, I had my mom in the background and my grandma saying, no, what, what's going to happen after you got to go to school, you got to go to school. So with track being my history, I continued doing track, um, for, for years after, um, I picked up some, you know, some new hobbies with, you know, uh, uh, kickboxing and um, hiking and stuff like that. And I, I'd grown to like love all these different things, but running was my go-to. So as I mentioned before, I worked um, as a mental health specialist um, in a behavioral school. And what ended up happening was uh, we go hands-on with those kids. And it was just this one particular kid that I was going hands-on with him, I want to say, all day. It was from, like, when he got off the bus until the very end of the day. And I was the only staff that was in the classroom that was actually able to handle him. So Mm -hmm. by the time, let's say, 2.30, 3 o'clock came around, I was exhausted. I was done. And I had to go into one last restraint. And when I went into the restraint, I guess I, you know, I didn't put my full effort into it. And I, I was just I was exhausted and Mm. he wrapped his legs around me and he got one leg um, on my right leg and he started kicking it and he kicked it so hard that uh, at the time I didn't realize it because you know you're you're um, you have all this extra energy and you're trying to try to get through this you know this tough situation um, that he tore my my Achilles tendon and when he tore my Achilles he he tore it laterally that I had I went home went to sleep and when I woke up I had a, a knot the size of a golf ball in the back I killed and I had no idea I couldn't walk so my wife said you need to go to the ER or somewhere so I ended up finding a foot and ankle specialist and they said your Achilles tendon is torn lateral and everything kind of just fell apart because I, I run I'm active yeah. I do all these things and I said what does that mean and they said, well, hopefully let's pray to God that you don't need surgery. And that was like the last thing you want to hear, especially as an athlete, 
Right. And I ended up going to intense physical therapy. And it was there when I met um, a young, a, a young physical therapist. She was wonderful. And she told me about yoga. And I said, oh, uh, yoga. And I was like, and the first thing that came to my mind is like, no, I, I'm not. No, that's not. I can't do yoga. I like in right. my head, I was like, I'm not allowed to do yoga like that. <laughs> like, right. that's not that's not for people like me. Like, you know, I can't do that. So she's like, no, I really need you to 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 do it. Like you need that's going to be a part of your assignment is to find a studio and start doing yoga. And then that's when I searched and searched because I, I live in Piscataway and I'm like, all right. So I'm looking and there was nothing in Piscataway, but there was, you know, yoga studios in the adjacent area. So I ended up going to Warren and I found Onyx Yoga Studio. Mm. and I took a couple classes, you know, I said, all right, and I was, I was very hesitant on going, and my wife said, no, you should try, you should just go, and I was, I was scared, <laughs> you know, I swear to God, I was like, all right, I'm going into this place, I don't, I've never been in this town, and I'm going into the studio, and I don't know how anybody was going to react, that was the first time in my life I was nervous to be <laughs> African-American male, because yeah. I know the stigma of what yoga is, and right. I was like, they're going to see me and they're, they're going to think I'm either going in here just to go in here to cause trouble or I'm going in here to be a pervert. So, I can, you know, <laughs> Ooh, the stories like, we tell ourselves. Yes, exactly. Ooh. So I built up the courage and I ended up going and I took a few classes. And then that's when I, I met Shannon and she said, oh, she was like, you know, I, how you doing? How's classes and everything? It's just like a normal conversation. It wasn't like anything that I already processed in my head of what was going to be. Right. And, you know, everybody was so welcoming. They were just very chill and cool. I was like, oh, okay. So then I tried another studio where it was the complete opposite. Like, it was like, <laughs> what are you doing here? What, what's going on? Like, are oh. you okay? Like, are you doing? And I'm like, well, yeah, I couldn't go to the studio that I normally go to. So I tried this one and, you know, and they're like, oh, okay. But it was like all eyes on me. It was very awkward. And I was just like, all right, so this is what I'm talking about. So I ended up going back down. And going, wait, like, wait, wait. So was, it, so was it the stories that you had invented <laughs> playing out at this other studio? Mm -hmm. More or less, because it was like, all right, what do you, what, like, why are you like, in the studio? And I don't think in the, in the, in the, in the specific area that I went into, I don't think there was a lot of, you know, black African-American descent there, there, there wasn't that many people of color there. So I was like, all right, so maybe that was a cause for it, but it, it, it just, it, the, the thoughts that I had in my head kind of came true, even though they were like indirectly being pushed out. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. So I said, all right. And I wasn't comfortable with myself already because I'm already, you know, doing these poses and stuff like that. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable. And your ankles all I busted up. Yep. And I'm sitting there limping and I'm falling over and I've got people looking <laughs> at me like, oh, my God, you're messing up my flow. Like, you know, oh, no, why are you not here? And I'm just, yeah, exactly. Like, all right. So back to Alex Oops. it is. And that's where I ended up. And I, I ended up staying. And um, it was just so, you know, community oriented it was just like it was it felt natural and I just ended mm. up going I continued and I started doing it more on my own to get myself you know confident and to say hey I can do this doesn't matter what I look like or how big I am how small I am you know if I'm messed up you know I need to get through this for me because I want to go back to running you know I want to mm. do the things that I love doing and this is going to help about three months later I didn't need surgery I didn't need to you know, um, I, I didn't need it. I just, I was able, I couldn't run, but I picked up biking and I, I became a, a serious biker. So I bought a bike and I go biking now and I run occasionally, but I didn't need the surgery. And that was the most, the, the biggest part of the whole thing. And yoga wow. helped me. Yoga, yeah. yoga helped me. It got me through. Yeah. Yeah. But yoga is so, more than that though. So yes, it is. So I want to hear about that sort of <clears throat> Not to sound like cultish, but how did we draw no, you no. in? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I guess I wanted to know more about it. You know, it was mm. kind of like it, after I started doing, it, I was like, all right, this is more than just the poses. This mm -hmm. is a lot more than just the pose. This is more than yeah. the asanas. This is more than mm -hmm. the breath work. There's something else there that isn't portrayed when it's it's talked about like on TV or it's just like right. you know oh just come to yoga. There was something more and I needed to find that out. And that's when I got in, I enrolled into the teacher training. I said, I need to know what this is. I need to understand it. Mm. And I wasn't thinking about teaching at the time because, you know, I was at my school teaching it with the kids there, but I was doing it because of the poses. It wasn't because of what actual yoga was. And when I 
started learning about what it was, I was intrigued. I was like, mm. wow, this is, this is mind blowing. This is something that can really change your life if you apply yourself if, or if you allow it in. If you let yeah. it in, it, it'll change your life. It changes your point of view. It changes your mindset mm-hmm. to be connected to everything. And then the first thing that I thought about when I started getting into like, you know, uh, the Gita and, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other stuff, it was just like, all right, I started, I, I'm a big movie fan. So I was thinking of Avatar when I started looking, looking deeper into it. And I was like, we are literally all connected in all ways. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you just got to let yourself allow allow yourself to be open to it because a lot of people aren't when you go to more of the philosophy part that's where it all stops for people it's just like it ends and that's what kind of captivated me that's what got me and when I was able to apply it to the asanas and the actual you know the flow it just said okay yoga is literally all around us this is what this is we're walking in yoga right now and yeah. people don't know it. They just see it as the asanas and they, they, they see themselves just doing the poses and then that's it. But there's so much more to it. And that's how I wanted to teach. That's where I was like, I, I need to teach this. I need to, I need to, I need, especially people of color. They need to, they need to understand that there's more. Cause you know, there's that religious aspect and the fact that you can bring yoga to your religion or whatever you believe in. It's, mm-hmm. oh my God. I just yeah. said, this is, this is amazing. And I started doing it in my house. And I got my kids and my wife has always been interested. And we all, you know, we take our Sundays and we just, you know, sit down. We talk about nature. We talk about the things around us. Some things that we've seen that were intriguing to us during out that, that week. Um, and we go over asanas and breath work and the importance of it. And I think it helped us kind of, well, help me for the most part, because it, it gets a little tricky when you try to teach it to, you know, your, your family. But um, it really helped me open my eyes. You're doing it wrong. No, just kidding. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Like, oh, all I'm right. going to throw the yoga <laughs> teachings out the window and say, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Where's my patient? Breathe, breathe, Ron, breathe. <laughs> breathe, breathe. <laughs> but daddy, you said. <laughs> yeah. I know what I said, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, that's so great. I love, I love how the asana, and this happens, I think this is what happens for most people that um that that come into the into embodying the yoga teachings the, the philosophy part is that they get pulled yeah. in by the asanas right but like yeah, you said yeah. most people stop there you know because yeah. they think that they're working out they're they're <clears throat> they're getting to be more flexible and whatever and that's those are like the great physical benefits but when you can incorporate the philosophy in it and understand like how you shape your body also shapes your mind that's exactly. like you know it's like it it just like you said it just all of a sudden your eyes are open and you're like oh my god we're all connected (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's wild it's wild and it's funny because it's hard it's hard to teach that you know it's it's really the experience and then if I have the opportunity to kind of give that experience for the people to have their own individual experience with it that's Mm -hmm. the best teaching there you know that's the best way that they can learn on their own because I could talk about it all day and you know I you know, at one point I used to get offended when people say, oh, you do yoga? Like, really? Uh, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no, you have to understand. And it's just like, all right, well, I got to I got to slow down, Ron. People aren't going to understand it because they haven't gone through my journey. They haven't gone through that experience and they need to experience it for themselves. Yeah. And that actually circles back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Right. It's like, how yeah. much are you how much are you giving to somebody else? You know, exactly. that you want to like save them or take care of them or rescue them or whatever it is with all the knowledge yeah. and wisdom that you've accumulated over, over this, this time with these experiences. But then you have yeah. to, you have to, as like Shannon has always said, you know, meet people where they are. And I remember exactly. when she first said that, I was like, what the heck does that mean? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but over time I've like, oh, okay, now I know what that means, you know, but I always yeah. forget that. But I think it's important to just return to that, that that sentiment of meeting people where they are, because we can talk out our butts about, you know, like kumbaya and peace and breathe and all is well, we're all one. And we can go back to source of blah, 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 blah. Right. And people be like, listen, I got bills to pay. I got $0 in my account. Tell me how peace is going to pay my bills. You know what I mean? So there's like the very real aspect of life that um, we also need to be mindful of. And I think, 
I think what I appreciate is you venturing into the world of teaching yoga and bringing, and I've taken, you know, your classes and I love how you incorporate the actual quote unquote real life into the, the yogic philosophy. So you're, you're, you, you're joining both the, the world outside or off the mat with what's happening on the mat. And, and I, and that takes some skill, you know, and, and I really appreciate that. Um, I want to ask you like, how do you yourself apply yogic philosophies with this very real identity going back to being a black man, you know, because when, when I'm out in the world as a woman of color, you know, Asian woman of color, I'm very aware of how I present, you know, and with the rise in violence against the AAPI community, I'm half nervous, right? I'm like, okay, uh, I, I feel safe in my neighborhood but safety is an illusion, right? So there's still like a little bit of me that's like, all right, is something gonna happen to me? Is someone gonna say something? Someone gonna attack me, whatever. How do you, as a black man, use yoga philosophy and teachings to kind of weave into that experience of this very real racist world we live in? Yeah, I, it's, it gets, because like, like I said before, I try to, I try to balance it because I would love to sugarcoat, uh, sugarcoat everything all day, yeah. every day, so people can live in this bubble of this imaginary world. But I also have to be a, a, you know, a realist. I have to be realistic in the way, you know, things are presented and how things are going to be seen. These are experiences. These are things that might happen to you, and you have to, you know, um, you have to know that this could happen versus, okay, it's out of my mind. It's never going to happen. You we're know? all one um, peace, love and we're happiness. all one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing that I, I quickly had to, I want to say adapt to when mm. I came into the yoga, you know, world, because all you hear is peace, love, happiness, you know, this is what you, and mm. I'm like, all right, well, mm-hmm. I would love that, but it's not true. Like it's true, but it's not, it's not fully true. Like you can be that yeah. way. But that doesn't yeah. mean people are going to treat you that way. You know, it's just like, and then that's going to burst your bubble and then it's setting yourself up for failure. And then you're just like, oh man. And then that can like push you out and be like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you know, like, right, but right. I think my real life experiences have kind of made me aware of being an African-American male in this, in this world that we live in and what those things are. And then bringing some of the aspects, I have to bring the yoga piece to the real life of what I'm living every day Mm. and how I do that is just I I take it day by day you know Mm. I I, I'm grateful for waking up every morning I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for having the opportunity to be with my family and when those experiences arise if they ever do arise I always I always have to remember that people are dealing with all different types of crap who knows what Mm -hmm. they're going through I have to keep in mind that there's a lot more than just me here and I have to, I have to kind of take that into consideration. And it's a very difficult thing to do because, you know, most of us just want to be selfish and be like, it's, you know, it's all about me, but I have to remember that, you know, if we are all connected, we've all gone through something in a similar fashion, just, just in a different light. And I have to, I have to keep that in mind because that's the only way that it kind of keeps me grounded and it helps me have these conversations with people. And it reminds me that, you know, I am a man of color. I know that I got, you know, different stuff going on, but we, you and I are the same. We have a lot in common. And if you just take the time out and that's my, my main goal is for just taking the time out with people to say there, there's something here. We, we just have to work through it. And if you're willing to do that and I'm willing to do that, there shouldn't be anything in between. Um, so I, I, I make sure that I'm definitely aware of my culture, my identity, who I am as an individual. And I apply that. And I bring, when I bring the yoga in, I apply it and I, I express it that way. Like, this is, this is who I am. Take me for who I am. And mm-hmm. this is what we're going to do. This is what I would like for us to do. If it doesn't work out, hey, I'll back off. If it does, hey, I'm here for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, hope that, does that, I hope that answers it. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, very, you know. it's a very broad and, and deep conversation topic yeah so it's not something yeah. that we're going to be like bang we got the answers Woohoo! let's save yeah. the world yeah. and let's solve racism and stuff like that but i think what <laughs> um what i what i appreciated 
as you were talking was going back to the present moment because yeah. that's really where it's at. It's like, even though there's all this craziness happening in the world, right? Can we come back to this moment right now in our bodies, in our breath, and just be okay with that first yeah. and then sort of move outwardly from there? Because I know that there are some folks who, whether they're teaching yoga or any kind of teacher or mentor, it's, it's if they're not good ones, they'll point out you know, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you know, whatever, whatever, instead of like, okay, let's be okay with this present moment and accepting like what is rather than trying to change things in the future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but it's a complicated thing because it's this balance of, you know, the internal with the external, right? And uh, we just have to be present. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. That's what it comes down to. So, um, oh man, R- Ronnie, this was like big conversation, <laughs> like deep, yes, good yes. stuff and exciting. And, I mean, these are the kinds of conversations that I'm like, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I really appreciate you. you agreeing to hop onto my wild show. <laughs> of course. I, I, I am love grateful. It. I love Thank it. you for having me. Yeah, yeah. And we need to recruit more people of color into the uh, yoga sphere. Um, I'm sure they're out there. They're just not as visible as we would like them to be. So if you are a person of color in the, what is it, personal development, that's what I'm calling personal development world, (laughs) you know, reach Uh out, let us know that you're here because we want to celebrate you. Um, So to close our episode, my friend, do you have a poem you'd like to share? Yes. Uh, Hold on, let me get it up. Yeah, do what you got to do. All right. It's by Denise Durant. I I found it, and it's one of my uh, favorite quotes because I've quoted it a couple times in my classes. Um, Mm. But it says, uh, there are things I can't force. I must adjust. There are times when the greatest change is needed is a change of my point of view. And... um, that always holds true to me. Um, mm. It wasn't until as I got older when I started learning that um, my point of view, I, I, it was hard for me to change my point of view because I only saw things one-sided. But as I, got, right. as I got older, as I got more mature, I realized that the issue might not be what I'm seeing. It's really just my point of view and my, percep- my perception. It's the way I'm seeing it right then. And then when I change that, it's easy for me to open up and understand the situation a little bit better. Yeah, but changing that is not always so easy. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's not. It's it's a very difficult task. But I think because of like some experiences that I've gone through, um, especially with my upbringing, and trying to like full circle around, it's just like, all right, I really need to sit down. It takes time. Like if I could wake up and meditate every day, and just say, okay, this is what I'm going to. Fo- I'm not going to focus. I'm just going to let it all go. Then I would. But sometimes I get caught up in and all the mind chatter and I'm trying to like, you know, process it all, try process it all. And then it's just like, all right, die down, deep breaths. We're here. This is what it is. Take it for what it is. Go with the flow. And then that's when I kind of change my point of view of some of the things that might be happening. Cause there's a lot happening. There's a lot that I've been trying to explain to my kids and um, a lot of stuff that I don't agree with, but I try to, I try, again, I try to be mindful of, of mm-hmm. like what's going on out there and what's happening and, and how I try not to, it, cause it affects me in certain ways, but I try not to like, let it like lash out. And I try yeah. to be mindful of that. So. Yeah. 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 I think presence is the key, like being present yeah. and just having presence of, of, of just how you are being as an individual, yeah. what your presence exactly. is like for others. Yeah. So this exactly. was great, Ronnie. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friends. Thank you. Thank so, you. I'm going to uh, put in the show notes places where you can find him because he is amazing. You should take his yoga class. He does it virtually. (laughs) So if you are not in New Jersey, you can totally take his class no matter where you are, which would be totally amazing. Um, So to close the episode, we will close it as we always do. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. Namaste. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. 
Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle, at Surya Gyan Yogi, S-U-R-Y-A-G-I-A-N-Y-O-G-I. Or visit my website to learn more at suryagyan.com. Your best healed life starts now.